0: Don't f this up. He already did records. Oh, he did? All right, cool. <laughs> that equipment. Yeah, that's okay. right. He'll love this one. Get out of here. Way back. hooks up. There's a the cycle. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yeah. A single double, triple and home run in one game. But he has hit for the cycle. All right. Welcome back to the cycle. I'm your host, Pat McGann, and I am flying solo this week. I mean, I have my... You know, trusty and reliable producers, Brad and Gareth, with me. But uh, no Kevin Bozeman, no Jim Flanagan, just me. And uh, But I was able to sit down with some great guests. And how about this? We're back to having an active player on the cycle. We are going to sit down uh, with Todd Frazier. Very excited about that. We also have Scott Merkin, who's the beat writer for the Chicago White Sox. He is going to join me. And we are going to just talk baseball. We're going to get to know Todd a little bit. As uh, you guys know, he is uh, the third baseman, got acquired in the offseason, and a huge pickup. He's a great young player, and he's off to a good start, especially lately, the last few games. Uh, but his defense been incredible, and we're just going to try and get to know him, try and find out some uh, funny things about him. So, that will be enjoyable. Uh, make sure that you guys are coming out to the ballpark. I know you've been watching a lot of games on the on the road, and, uh, you know, this last homestand has been fun to watch. I love the chemistry between Benetti and Stone. I got to say, this Jason Benetti guy cracks me up. Sometimes I'm watching the games, and uh, I just enjoy their banter. So that's been fun to watch. And then, as always, Hawk is great on the road. Um, some of the things coming up though at USLR field I'm going to make you aware of in the next homestand. They got the Boston Red Sox coming in May 3rd through 5th, and then the Minnesota Twins. They showed me this Chris Sale K counter bobblehead that they're going to be handing out on May seventh. It's a Chris Sale bobblehead and you can keep track of all his strikeouts this season. They got a little digital digital counter here on the bottom. So uh, that that could be fun to have. So come on out to a game. And also think about this. We're doing a stand up with the White Sox, stand up with the Sox event with uh, White Sox Charities. Very excited about it. It's at US Cellular Field on Thursday, June 2nd. It is with the Young Professionals Council. And we're raising money for White Sox Charities. White Sox Charities does so much in the community. And it's going to be a great event. It's going to be myself, Kevin Bozeman, Jim Flanagan, and uh, some White Sox ambassadors will be out there as well. So. Pick up your tickets at whitesocks.com slash comedy. All right. Enjoy this conversation with Todd Frazier. And then from there, we will jump into the talk with Scott Merkin. Make sure you're downloading. Tell your friends about it too. Our downloads are really increasing, but we ever, you know, we always want to be growing our audience. Tell your friends, tell your family to check out the cycle. Thank you. <laughs> All right, we are here with Todd Frazier. Todd, the new third baseman for the Chicago White Sox, thanks for joining me here on the cycle.
1: Thank you, man. We're thrilled to to
0: have you, man, and we're thrilled to have you in Chicago, so, you know, the big trade in December, what was that like, getting that news?
1: Yeah, it was was different. It was different. You hear a lot of stuff that was going on uh, in the offseason. You hear your name being, you know, shot around here and there, and, you know, once once, uh, Chicago got Brett Laurie, I thought I was out of the loop, so... Uh, My agent came back to me about uh, five, six days later, said, hey, Chicago's still in the loop. I said, all right, well. And the day after that, I finally figured I got traded because Walt Jockey of the Reds called me up, left a message, said calling him back. I was actually in the shower of all places, and I got got out and... uh, Away we go, and it was so a you little. You found shocking. out without even yeah, no I, clothes I, I just, on. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of caught. I just had a towel around my head, <laughs> you know, like a woman. No, but <laughs> it was, uh, it, it was, you know, it's, it's shocking at first. Yeah, I've never got traded before, but uh, I knew it was coming to a great city, and um, I knew the guys. I looked online and saw who we had and who we had coming over. Uh, I was ecstatic, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, and getting traded to a, a, just a nice city that you know you can have some fun in when you're not playing baseball, too. You know, it's it's Chicago's a known town. I'm sure it was a fun town. You were with the Reds to
1: come play in the Cubs. Yeah, 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 definitely. I knew a couple spots that I always liked going to. Um, what are your spots? Um, it was the Cheesecake Factory. It was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they right don't have those hotel. anywhere else. Um, <laughs> Je- Joe's Chicago. Stone <laughs> Crab is, is probably my favorite <laughs> restaurant in the world. Yeah. Um, God, I, I ate there other, uh, the other day with Mike Trout, who we oh, just played. Really? he's a jersey guy yeah he's a jersey guy i know him real well he's one of my good buddies and um you know i'm starting to get to know other little places here and there Uh, gibson's um you know they talk about the pizza here too, so uh, I got to get after that a little bit.
0: Yeah, we got good food here, but Cincinnati too is a great town, great baseball town, and you had a lot of success there. I know you know a buddy of mine, Josh Sneed, who's a great comic, yeah. and you did some things with him in Cincinnati, and I got to give Josh a shout out because he, he, yeah, I, I guess he used his name to get you on. That's here. my
1: man. yep. yeah,
0: he's a solid guy. So, uh, but in Cincinnati, on the All Star team twice, you won the home run derby last year. Um, I just watched that on YouTube because I had not seen it last year live. I knew you'd want it, but what a thrill!
1: It was unbelievable. New format, uh, new basically everything. Uh, there was timed, and basically you're swinging at everything with all your might, trying to hit as many home runs as you can. Uh, and you had your brother pitching to you. Yeah, yeah. And both my brothers actually there. The other one was on the sidelines. He was like my hype man. Did he pitch to the brother. other guys too? Did no, they, like, not no, just give them. Me. Anything to
0: pitch? No, no, <laughs> like he made I, anything to if hit? <laughs> if he did, I would tell him just throw everything in the dirt. But
1: right. uh, no, he was. Uh, he did a great job. We w- we actually work on in the offseason a couple of times just to you know see where we're at and. Um, you know, it never works out too well in the off season because you're hitting in a cage and you don't know whether it goes out or not. So, and you're at home though in yeah. Cincinnati, and that's what made it all the better. I mean, the the electricity in the air. Um, you know, I was I was dead tired, dog tired, man, and uh, you know the roar of the crowd basically brought me back to life, and I went on a little spree and tied it up and won it in. Yeah, uh, like the a time. minute
0: forty five left. So if you haven't seen this? Go on YouTube, mm-hmm. check this out. A minute forty five left. I think you're down nine home runs.
1: Is that how many was? Yeah, and um, then you tie and it. And I went on a run. And you yeah.
0: we went on a, Yep, and it, it was phenomenal. It's actually it it's different format. So if you don't know the format, it was timed, and you're like at the buzzer tying it up, it, which that, is like you don't think about baseball as a timed sport. So it was really cool. It was
1: cool because it's. I think all three of them that I won came down to the end or, or extra time at the end. So. It made for good um, good television, and uh, yeah, kind right. of brought it back to life a little the bit. The pressure on your brother, though, to put him there yeah, I know, and he, he was he was perfect. You know, he he was. Did you give him a little taste? Perf- yeah. You hook him up a little. Oh yeah, he, he I greased him a little. Took bit. Took him to the cheesecake factory. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take him wherever he wants. No, but um, we actually it was the first year that you know, if you win, you get some money and. Uh, Definitely, definitely. I helped the family out there for sure. Oh, that's
0: great. So you um, mentioned you're from Jersey, and that's how you know Trout. Um, mm-hmm. Just doing a little bit of research on you. You won
1: the Little League World Series. Yeah, 98, 1998, man. My brother actually went in 95. He's three years older than me, Jeff, and um, I had two of my buddies with me that we kind of knew we were going to make the team at nine years old. And uh, we said this is where we want to go, and eventually we did it. it was just uh, you pinch yourself, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So you
0: go – you win the, the World Series, the American mm-hmm. yep. part of the tournament, and yep. You play, and you played Japan mm-hmm. in the international game. Yeah. And Jeez. you pitched.
1: Tell yeah. the people what you did. Come on. Yeah, man. man. I, was <laughs> I led the game off with a home run. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It was, it, I, I, I'll I, tell I, you. I remember. No, I remember everything, <laughs> to be honest. I was four for four with a walk. Um, I ended up pitching in the last two innings, got the win, and... Uh, uh, my buddy Chris Cardone hit two uh, pinch hit home runs. Basically, came in, got a pinch hit. Is he in the league now? No, I'm the I'm the only one. You're the we only one. We had one other guy in the team. He played for the Cleveland Indians in rookie ball for a year, and then he got released. So I was actually the only one that, you know, kind of, you know, took my baseball career to the next level. And um, you're the only one who didn't peak at 12. Do you <laughs> <Yeah>. ever, <laughs> <you're laughs> ever give them crap about it, that? It <laughs> was funny because we went in high school two years after that, and um, out of the 12 guys that were on the team. There was only like six or seven that still played. It was in high high school. It's weird how that happens. And uh, you still in touch with some of them? Yeah, yeah, still in touch. We have our um, we have a ten year reunion every um, whenever ten years. We had it when we have in two thousand eight, and now in two thousand eighteen, we'll have another one coming up. So it's uh, everybody's doing something different. It's weird you think about it. We had a UFC fighter come out of the team. we had who's a na- that? Um, his name was Brad Frank. He, he only did it for a couple of years, but he yeah. was like six and one, and now he's. Uh, Is that why you guys really won yet? Like yeah, he, maybe, he, he was he our was catcher, going through Williamsport, just beating he, the hell he, out of people. He was a beast, man. You didn't want to mess with him, but he was. You guys yeah. were the beast of the East. That was yeah, the name of the team, right? Exactly, exactly. We had a pet um, animal guy. Um, his name was Rich Cunningham. He was like forty years old. And uh, it's funny because he wore that outfit. It was so hot. He lost 40 pounds in five days in that outfit. It was unbelievable. If you want to know another, like, known fact. Oh, yeah? He was obese, and now he l- he looked like Pee Wee Herman. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was unbelievable. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's got
0: to be, though, like, at 12. Not to linger on this too long. I just think yeah. it's fascinating, though, because, you know, winning the home run derby last year, I'm sure that was awesome. But, yeah. I mean, going four for four in the Little League World Series championship, home run winning pitcher, I mean, you could almost pu- – Put those up against each other.
1: <laughs> you really can. I mean, I think at the time, I think in Williamsport, um, you know, Steve Keener, the president of um, Little League Baseball, he, uh, he they do a really good job of handling the pressures for the little kids, and uh, they keep us secluded. Um, nobody else is allowed. We we, were, we lived in barracks, which was pretty cool. It's not yeah. like army or navy barracks, but it was just like you know bunk beds, and everybody had their own room. And uh, you know, I remember the first night, my buddy put toothpaste in my mouth i was the first one to sleep we were all joking around coaches yelling <laughs> at us we, we couldn't we couldn't like figure out like how to be serious it was the best time in the world the two weeks we had and um no they do a really good job in williamsport and um whenever there was a problem you know they always put you know us before anything so yeah. it was great but the pressure though at yeah. 12
0: to be on tv playing baseball you know I mean, most of uh, i don't think i was on tv as a kid because i went to like
1: see bozo taping <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. and you're like it's, at the plate yeah huge stage you don't – you, you, you under, it, there's pressure, but it really not because, you know, you always want to be on TV as you're oh, – I want to be that stuff, but you don't see it really until the end. I mean, you see some highlights, but you don't really – you know, at 12 years old, it, it's the best thing in the world, but you're just worried about playing the next day and trying to hit home runs. And, and like I said, our coaches and the president um, really did a great job of, you know, putting the pressures off on us. Yeah, uh, We had home run derby in practice every day, you know, just messing around. We had ground ball contests. And, uh, you know, whenever the reporters came around, if they weren't joking around, what if they just kick them out? So it, it, it was a good time.
0: Does it go to your head at all, like at 12, like going back home to Jersey and your parents are trying to put a curfew on you? No, and- nah,
1: we really didn't know really what we did until we had our, when we got home. They put us on fire truck and uh, we had a parade around the whole city of uh, town of Tom's River. And I'm telling you, I think everybody in the town and other towns and states were there. It was like, I would say there was millions of people there. It was crazy. It That's was so just cool. bonkers. The roads were shut down, and um, twelve-year-old girls are all yeah, you yeah that. Even, even older too. Probably, even oh, older even older. older. You oh, come yeah, on, watch Do out. tell man, <laughs> probably holding yeah. a lot of hands at the roller rink. It was great. Yeah, at the <laughs> <laughs> at the movie theater. That's at the theater.
0: So you got to go to Yankee Stadium too, as a as a team, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, that was cool. I got to meet. The guy I loved, or my, my idol was Paul O'Neill. It was the first guy I met, and I was just in awe. It was great. And, I and, you know, the funny thing about it, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan growing up. Oh, you really? But, you know, I met Gita, I met all of them. I loved it. I, it was just a great time, but uh, meeting Paul O'Neill was, was probably one of the best things in the world. So he was and, one of
0: your favorite players growing yes, up? Yep. Was cool. you, were you strictly a baseball guy coming up?
1: No, I, I played football and basketball. I, you know, I quit football after my freshman year in high school. I played basketball all four years, and, um, you know, it's it's something, you know, I mean, both all, both my brothers did. We played football until our freshman year, and, you know, they both got drafted in baseball, too, as well. So uh, I think we made a really good decision.
0: That's the <laughs> way to do it, right? Like, you don't want to be
1: too focused on one sport. I think some kids, like, burn out because no, they're that's just huge. doing it. You know, you get your body in different movements, and, uh, you know, you don't want to throw a ball 24-7. You know, these kids yeah. down south, that's all they do is play baseball, and then you see the injuries that really, you know, transpire from it you know not to i'm not saying you know not to play but it's it's just i think playing different sports you know not you know solely yeah playing baseball i think you have to get yeah, after you meet them, other but, people yeah. and you have other coaches and it, i think it's exa- all it's good for exactly, so many reasons exactly. and then
0: as a baseball player coming up you play a lot of different positions you pitch mm-hmm. you play shortstop and now third base which by the way you know, this season so far, you made some incredible plays at Thank third. Thank you very much. How about that playing third base in the major leagues? What's that like?
1: Oh, it's crazy. It, it, it's awesome because you know you're going to get a hot shot at least one time a game. And, you know, let's see what kind of reactions you got. So it, it's cool. So, I mean, you're stepping and diving away from making a, you know, top 10 play or, you know, make, saving a game. So you have to uh, really be on your toes. Uh, you have to work at it. And, um, you know, basically every other day I'm, I'm doing something out there just to. You know, whether it's in the weight room with, um, you know, Alan Thomas and uh, footwork or it's out on the field, you know, trying to get my eyes, you know, focused on where the glove is. Now, when you're over there, in most stadiums,
0: the opposing team is what on the, on the third base side, typically, but not here
1: yeah, in yeah. Chicago. Yeah, it's, some stadiums. Do different. you hear
0: like do people are that people giving you chatter? Do people? Well, yeah, ch- yeah, I hear them all the time. I love it. What I, do they say? To you? I enjoy
1: it. Uh, down goes Frazier. I hear that a lot. <laughs> That should
0: be your home run call. I tweeted that at Benetti. Yard that goes is, Frazier.
1: Yeah, that's a Yard guy. Goes I remember Frazier, remember right? Jack Edwards from ESPN back in the day? Yeah, yeah. He's. I still actually talked to him. He 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 coined the phrase "downtown goes Frazier." So oh, okay. that was a pretty good one. That was that was in the um, Little League World Series when it first came out, and um, you know I don't mind him. I'm I'm up for anything. I'm, I'm up to hearing what everybody got to say, but. You know, when I hear a fan say that, I just I, I just know I'm going to either get a hit or get on base because that fires me up. I love it.
0: Do you ever hear – so you hear stuff from the fans, not just the dugouts? Oh, all the time. What's something that, like, you – like, they might be jeering against you, but you kind of – I'm like, well, that's pretty clever, though.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, people do their homework. It's oh, crazy yeah. sometimes, uh, you know. I, I mean, some like stuff I, I, I really sucked. can't say. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just <laughs> – it was funny because – They did some homework on my wife. They did some homework on my my brothers. um, They brought up stats, like, from high school. I remember one time I was playing in minor league ball. And the guy's like, I I was in Jacksonville, Florida. And he he brought up something about how much better my brother was in basketball, man, and and how (laughs) how many points he had and stuff. and. It was just uh Was it your brother? Yeah, no, it was right on cue. You know, well your I looked brother it up. In the stands, I'm saying <laughs> No, no, I looked it up, it was crazy and I was like, This guy's gotta be out of his mind. I'm like, you know, go have another drink and he was right on cue. What do you in your head He you went and looked oh, it up? I, had me. I I was over four that day. I was like, oh, dude, no this kidding? guy's good. Really? He was good. So oh, that's hilarious. I enjoy it. If if they're clever and I enjoy, yeah. and good at sure, I'll talk back to them like all right, bud, you know, whatever. Oh, they probably love that. They, they do. They Well it, Chicago it
0: fans are good at that too. They're they're big chirping. How about a third base coach? Anyone in the league that when you play another team, you're like, yeah, this guy's fun to talk to. Oh, yeah. mostly all of them. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, um, I'm trying to think here. I mean, Reineke with the Angels, I talked to him the whole time in uh, the like, national- What are you guys, you guys? talking about the game? Or are you talking about? <coughs> we talk about the game. Um, people in the stands. Uh, it politics. Whatever comes to our mind. It's funny how people, you know, wonder how about like when a coach comes out and you know takes the pitcher out or something. They they're like, oh, they're definitely talking baseball. We're not 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 all the time. <laughs> Um, you got to keep your mind, you know, you know, in a good zone. Sometimes I mean, it could be anything. Like I said, politics. To uh, what's that dude wearing in the stands over there? Or, you know, I saw you pick your nose just a little <laughs> bit ago. You know, all these different That's types so of things. Great. You know, I'm, I'm letting all the secrets out, but no, you're not. You know, it makes it it makes it um, more enjoyable and keeps your mind at ease a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You got
0: to have a sense of humor, especially you know, it's a long game, and, and it just bonds you guys. I'm sure you know you got to take that stuff to, from the clubhouse onto the field too a little bit. Without a doubt. So being here in Chicago, you know, I know it's early. Um, what do you think is different about this team
1: in terms of other teams you've been on? You know, um, we have a set goal here. I mean, every, every year you want to win, you want to get to the playoffs. But it seems like uh, it's, a, it's a little more serious over here. We got guys, seven, eight different guys that come from different teams over here now. And we have that one goal. So is basically, well, actually two. It's win the division, and then that will lead to making the playoffs. Um my high school coach always told me set your goals high. Individual goals, or um, you know, and they'll take care of themselves once you reach your team goals. So team always first. Set your goals high, and then um, you know, say I think you know this year I, I wanted to bat um, 330, and say I bat 310. I mean that's still yeah. a really good year. So. Right. There you go. But, but 3.30 would be better. <laughs> it would be better. I mean, I have <laughs> six or seven more home runs. No, too. 3.10. We will take
0: 3.10. And you're off to a good start at the plate, too, man. You've yeah. You've been hot lately. You know, number whatever. The but numbers aren't totally like, there, but know, just, it's coming. I think it's got to be like, just don't care. That's
1: it. You yeah, know what I mean? mean just stay loose. it's hard to do because you, it's your job, and you want to be as successful as possible, and you see everybody else's numbers going right. here, and yours are dropping, but... Like I said, we we played sixteen games. So, um, but
0: it's like care. I mean, I don't mean it like that. Don't yeah. care. like care, but don't don't care too much.
1: Exactly. You've already boom. done it. Exactly. You got
0: a little league World Series under your belt. You got you yeah, know. We're good. By the way, looking at the video today, your home run in the Little League World Series. I not to. I'm not throwing allegations around, but your body type has changed <laughs> significantly. <laughs> I'm not saying like test you yeah. or anything. No, right? I got you, man. You know what I'm saying? I, like
1: you were. I was a, I was small, man. I was a scrawny <laughs> little kid. Man. I was I was skin and bone. So I also
0: read that uh, back in Jersey they renamed the little league field after you, Fraser Fieldhouse. Yeah. That's gotta be a thrill. Yeah,
1: that was pretty cool. Um yeah, this little league I played at. Um, after Hurricane Sandy happened, you know, I, I tried and helped as much as possible, donated a lot of money and you know, um, you know, not uh, me and my family too. We, we we tried our best to help people out with food and Shelter and clothing and all that stuff, and uh, I think we're pretty close to where we need to be right now.
0: Yeah, well, you're a good man, and my buddy Josh had told me about you. You got a son, a daughter, yep. and, a, and a son. Your yep. son's quite. I saw it on, uh, he, on
1: Twitter. He can mash. Yeah, he's hitting he already. Swing, huh? <laughs> he can
0: swing. He's so. got the right jeans. Well, yeah, and I mentioned Twitter. Follow this guy on Twitter. You know you're gonna like this guy. Just his Twitter handle. Tell me your Twitter.
1: Your Twitter handle. It's a flavor phrase two one. Um, F-L-A-V-A-F-R-A-Z-2-1
0: flavor phrase 21 Follow him on Twitter, he's great We're going to be following you all season long We appreciate you taking some time I know you got a game tonight So get out there, have some fun And uh, we'll be watching We'd love to have you back on No doubt about it Nice season. talking to you too Alright, well, thanks a lot
2: Alright,
0: joining me now is Scott Merkin Beat writer for the Chicago White Sox And have been the beat writer, Scott, for Fourteen this is your fourteenth season? I always
2: count it by the amount of years I've had the manager. So one for Jerry Manuel, eight for Ozzie Guillen, and five for uh, Robin Ventura. So that's fourteen, and then one split for another another company. So Oh yeah, another. So fourteen primarily.
0: Fourteen seasons. Fourteen and change we'll say. That's a lot of that's a lot of time. It is a lot of time. And as a beat writer, that's it's a lot of travel. It's it is a, a lot, lot of, of everything. It's
2: a lot of Marriott points.
0: So talk to us about um. Being a beat writer, day-to-day, what's your what's a day like for you? Jeez. I mean,
2: it, it, it kind of differs between home and road. You know, home, you have a little more of kind of a normal life. And then, assuming it's a night game, which the Sox predominantly play, if it's a seven ten start, which it usually is, except for Saturdays, you get here at, you know, 3, clubhouse opens at 3.30, do the interviews, do some transcribing, write your stories pregame, usually two stories pregame, occasionally one. Almost never more than two, unless there's some, you know, a trade or Rick Han talks, or you know, something goes down during that day. Then you just cover the game and write off the game. I mean, it sounds pretty simple. It just is a lot of a lot of time. You know, well, I
0: follow you on Twitter, and right? Anyway, you know,
2: that's that's true. That's a social media. That's changed the game yeah, a lot since what five years, maybe six. Now, are we at? Which we're trying to. We're talking about this the other day. I'm not sure exactly when it really popped into full form, but that's a huge. huge well, you're part just
0: of coming up on like sixty thousand tweets. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not sure if that's. I good checked or bad. it out. Yeah, that, that's interesting. You, you're tweeting out <laughs> stats on everyone else, so I'm going to start tweeting out stats <laughs> on you. You got fifty-nine point nine thousand tweets. Oh, there you go. So you're probably averaging ten thousand a year. And, and if I'd you're not following say, this guy on Twitter and you're a White Sox fan and you use Twitter, you're not doing the right thing on Twitter. At I Scott Merkin, you got to follow him because you do have some great stuff, great stats. Did
2: you, Did you break down of the fifty-nine nine? How much are about Michigan athletics? Yeah, because I think prob- about
0: eighty percent about the White Sox, fifteen percent about other baseball, and about. The rest is about Michigan football. Yeah, those great. I just scroll or right basketball. past. We throw that into or throw, yeah, yeah, hoops. Yeah, 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 I
2: think once uh once like if the socks are not in the playoffs, October comes. I think I get a lot of mutes.
0: Oh, do you really? Until
2: <laughs> until, until the uh, until the winter meetings start again. But you know, it's it's hard to not follow someone who covers baseball all year now because baseball really there's no downtime. I mean, yeah. that's the thing about the off season is you know okay if you're not in the playoffs there's three weeks you know until the World Series is over maybe you know usually about a month I guess. Where nothing's going on because teams don't make a lot. They may do some procedural things, you know. Maybe you know right. last year they were looking for a bench coach to Sox War. but otherwise it's it's a year round thing. Stuff well, happens need all some, the time. You need
0: it to calm down a little bit. Yeah, you know? it's
2: nice. I mean, it, now two thousand and five was nice too when yeah. I worked until you know. Let's talk the end about 05.
0: Of, of the fourteen seasons. That's probably the easy answer to say that was your favorite year and favorite team to cover.
2: You know, I I like the O eight team a lot. The O eight team was a fun team to cover because of the fact that it was such. Like, it really was playoffs almost every game in that last month, September. You know, they had to beat, what was it? I, I should remember this now. It's, it was three different teams on three different days. Yeah. Just to, just, and then they played a fourth team, Tampa, to start the playoffs. Right. And remember, that was a team that was beat up. Carlos Quinton broke his wrist when he hit his hand on the bat in Cleveland at the beginning of September. You know, they didn't have any, they didn't have a true number one. They were talking about even, you know, Clayton Richard, who's now a reliever on the other side of town. That he you know, he had just been called up that year and they were talking about him possibly starting game one of the playoff yeah. series against Tampa. So it was kind of an exciting year. I don't think I've ever seen single handedly just because of what was on the line. Now people and I have argued about this on Twitter and in person and in everything else, in establishments in Chicago. <laughs> establishments. Um, establishments, uh, <laughs> religious establishments usually. Okay. No, um if that was the most the blackout game was the single most exciting game. I've ever seen in terms of covering thing. Now, I, I'm not sure... That was a great game. That's I mean, the Brian Anderson catch, the Bryan Jim Tomey Tome homer. Jim Tommy 900-foot homer. Dan Danks, who I talked to at the beginning of spring about this, and he said he we were talking outside the complex at Glendale and he pointed to his arms and he said he still got goosebumps when he talked about that game. And, you know, just uh, the great throw by Griffey, who was basically operating on one leg at that yeah. point because his knee was banged up. And A.J. with the one-handed catch as Kadir came into him. Who knows if the Twins score that run, if it ends up being different and History is completely different, but that whole, uh, in terms of the whole year.
0: But what about 05, personalities too? Personalities on a team that yeah, dictates oh, how enjoyable it is for you. Right. You got to get quotes. You're w- with these guys. You're in their face when they're probably not in the best mood. Sometimes they're in right. a great mood. What about that? Like personality. Yeah, 05 wise? was great.
2: I mean, O five overall. I think 05 was. They're one of the more underrated championship teams. I think I've seen period in baseball. I mean, this is a team that led from day one till the end. They finished, what, with a 16-1 record when you count the 11-1 in the playoffs. Yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. And the pitching was great. The defense was great. Everyone talked about Aussie ball, but they hit a lot of home runs, too. You know, it was, anyone just, it was, that just was a great a, team. Just a great team.
0: Anyone that was a conditioned Chicago fan, let alone a White Sox fan, was ready for it to all fall apart that September. You know, They were kind of struggling. Cleveland got right. so hot, and it was, it was dicey there for a while. Because they had led all season,
2: I think that was a big series that sometimes gets overlooked. That last series of the regular season where they swept Cleveland, yeah, and knocked Cleveland out of the playoffs. You know, I know Paul Konerko. People might remember him, first baseman <laughs> for a little bit, captain. He uh, talked about how once they won the division and got in there, he thought it would be a different team. I think that's true, but I think it's also they swept Cleveland, who made that run and took all the emphasis off them in September, and it kind of got them back on the right foot. And then they just dominated Boston, cruised through the Angels with that, you know, the great. The dropped one game they strike. lost, they I was at. Strike. Is that right?
0: I was at the Boston games, and then I was at the one game they lost against California or you know, LA. Whatever they are now. Yeah, they were. Uh, that was. And then you just walking out, you don't. And feel that was great. With,
2: that was with Paul Bird, who, as we're taping this, reminds me a little bit of Jared Weaver, who just beat the White Sox. Yes. And that was when they had flown across the country. They had to play a Game Five against the Yankees. Yeah. And I think it was in Anaheim, and they had to fly across the country and play the next day against the Sox, and they still won that game. And then, of course. They avoided going down. Well, it was tied, but it could have been 2 0 if not for the drop third strike, the stolen base by Azuna. And the Joe Creedy double to win so so too. So
0: so many things have been so said about that year, and so many people have heard the stories. What about what's the story that maybe people have not heard about that year? Because you're you're on the charter. You're <laughs> no, I'm not the, on the charter. You're not on the. charter? No, no, we fly oh, okay. commercial.
2: We fly commercial. That's that's one of the. Uh, oh, that's good. that's one of the pitfalls. Well, it's it's. Well, cool. You get the miles. You get the miles. Yeah, you get the miles, but <laughs> you also get the uh, The Delays. text at eight a.m. that your flight at eleven is is delayed because of issues. You what know,
0: you, you've <laughs> never been on the charter.
2: I've never been on the charter. Now, oh. You know that year. There was a, the, In 05, there was a Sunday game at Fenway where they delayed it. It, started, it was supposed to start at 1. They delayed it until 7 and then canceled it. And uh, then, of course, it stopped raining. Oh, and yeah. that was the game where they made up and Brandon McCarthy, McCarthy big Kurt, Schar- yeah. Kurt Schilling. But two or three of the riders, two of us had, myself and Mark Gonzalez, had flights on Monday, so we were fine. But two of them had two other guys, and I can't remember who it is. I think it was Scott Greger and Doug Padilla, had flights they missed on that Sunday, and the Sox allowed them to fly back on the charter. Oh, so classy. because we because we had flights on that Monday, we didn't get to go. But no, I've never I've never been on the chart. I know in the older days they used to uh, they used to. Um, but you still you know, probably have play. a
0: story or two from that, from that season. season
2: that- I'm trying to think off the top of my head. You know, the famous story, which I think I can share at this point, it has been told a couple times. Is, you know, Mark Burley, won Game Two with the drop third strike in the A's. No, it was in the World Series. I'm sorry, he won yep. Game Two, and or he pitched. He started Game Two. And then he went to Cooper for game – Don Cooper for game three and said, are you going to need me? And he said, no, nah, not unless we go 13 or 14 innings, you're set. And the story was that Mark had a few, you know, <laughs> in, in the in the later innings. Sure. And, of course, who saves the game in the 14th yeah. inning? Mark, Mark Burley. Burley, Which he uh, doesn't remember. Right.
0: <laughs> but we do.
2: Interesting piece of <laughs> trivia from that until last year. There were two guys who had won – who was the who were the winning pitchers in 14-inning World Series games. DeMaso Marte, Babe Ruth. And really, Chris Young joined him last year. He won. He he won when the Royals. I think it was the first game, right? Where Gordon Homer in the ninth off. Uh, I feel like
0: I'm getting one of your tweets in person right now. <laughs> I'm gonna. I want to favorite I'm, that. I'm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, <laughs> I want oh, to retweet it, but I've, I I've just t- it. it would just be me telling the producer. I've tweeted it before. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any
2: other like uh...
0: Gareth. Guess what? I just heard.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to think of any other stories
0: off the top of my head that, that came that year. Just uh, it, it's or the 08 team. Like that's a you know that's a, such a fun year, and obviously it didn't end like 05, but. Or was there a guy that played for the Sox in these 14 years that kind of stood out personality wise, or maybe a handful of guys that were just like fun to cover? Brian Anderson, always a, a trip. Why was to he talk so
2: good? He was just so laid back, and he was just kind of there was really no affectation with him. You know, he was just the person you see and hear is the person he is in real life. Paul Konerko was great. I mean, there's so many, you know, Aaron Rowan, Joe Creedy. Uh, you get
0: attached to these guys?
2: I mean, you know, like I, I, I still, you know, when I would occasionally be in Las Vegas, I'd see Aaron Rowan out there. He lives out there. Um, and you just
0: call him up, and say, yeah, hey, yeah. I mean, you know, and um, play, let's play some blackjack. Let's go no, out. No, we
2: just you just get lunch or something like that. But that, I haven't seen that. That hasn't been in a little bit. He's, you know, he's working. He's kids. As a writer, you then. should
0: be able to embellish these stories a little <laughs> bit more. You just oh, just well, one coffee.
2: Time, <laughs> one time we're playing blackjack and I had twenty thousand dollars. out no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That, that 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 is not a true story. Um, You know, just so many good guys. Burley was great. It's funny, Burley didn't like, wasn't a fan of doing media. Not like, you know, he'd hide or would blow us off or whatever. He just didn't like doing it. He was great at it. Yeah. And maybe because of the fact that he didn't like it. Chris Sale, if you look at a current team now, great, great guy. To cut. John Danks, tremendous guy. You know, Chris Sale is a... Uh, Do you d- have
0: a trick you use for someone that might be a little bit... You know, not difficult, but shy, or just doesn't really want to. Don't go to him as often.
2: <laughs> that might be that might be the trick I use.
0: That's what it is. No,
2: but I mean, yeah, you you find the right time for all these guys. You know, I think, uh, you know, they all have something to say at some point or another. Even some of the guys who don't play as much, they eventually, you know, in the course of a 162 game a season, there's quite a few times for everyone to to make some kind of contribution. Jim yeah. Tomey. how can I forget Jim Tomey? The story I always tell is people always ask me, you know, is Jim Tomey as nice as he seems in real purse in real in re- in real life is he as nice as he seems, you know, when you see him on TV and the radio. And I said, he's even nicer than he is. You know, he's same with his wife, Andrea, just great, great guy. You know, yeah. I remember, uh, one time I was standing in the back of the locker room, must've been Oh six. And his locker used to be in like the back corner before they redid the locker room, came by me and he said, Hey, how's it going? You know, what's going on? I'm like, not much. We talked a little bit. So it was a Monday, a couple of days later, it was like a Wednesday day game. So we're there's a little more downtime because a lot of times they don't hit on those day games. He came by, and he like grabbed me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, it's good to see you. And I'm like, hey, it's good to see you, too. I'm here every day pretty much. <laughs> but that's how he is. He's yeah, just yeah. so genuinely nice. And just genuinely love what he did. And just you know, everywhere you go, I mean, I, I was joking the other day. He was in Minnesota. I, wa- I came down the elevator after they finished up the sweep with Rick and Jim. And Jim, I asked if he was going to Tampa. He said, no, his son was playing baseball, so he had to go watch his son. Not had. He was he wanted to go watch his son, so he walked away. And I said to Rick, "Uh." Yeah, they really love him in Minnesota, and he's like, "Yeah, this is the one city where they love Jim. They love Jim pretty much everywhere across <laughs> yeah. the country. Well, they like a
0: statue of him in Cleveland. That's
2: right. And you know, that was a, the situation where it didn't end grade, and he went back. And they, you know, it's hard. It's hard yeah. to not like the guy. He's just a great player. Going to be a hall of famer at some point.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when you're on the road and uh, or even here in town, like, do you hang out with other beat writers from other t- teams? Is it kind of like a fraternity where you guys?
2: Yeah, some. Other teams, we have you know, lucky because we have a really good beat. Coverage-wise, in terms of with the White Sox, myself, Dan Hayes with Comcast, I'm giving all these guys free plugs. Here. Yeah. Uh, Colleen Kane with the Tribune, Daryl Van Scylen with the Sun Times, and Scott Gregor with the Daily Herald are the primary ones. And we, uh, yeah, we do, we, you know, we do a lot of stuff on the road. I know uh, last year in Kansas City, Dan organized like this tour. Of, I can't think of the name of the brewery, but it was a brewery. And, you know, there's that off day after opening day in the Midwest where they have kind of the the rain snow day. Yeah. And Colleen and I went to see... um,
0: Like a microbrew in KC? Yeah,
2: yeah. We went to see the opening of Adam LaRoche's Field out in uh, Fort Scott. He developed a a youth field out there. So they went to that. So, yeah, we do a lot of things together on the road. You know, maybe go for a drink afterwards, have dinner on an off day or something like that. So Karaoke. uh, Karaoke. That's been known to happen every now and then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I go to a place in Chicago, too. The one over on... uh, I don't know if you ever, but it's on Hubbard. It's um, right across from uh, Shaw's Crab House. Oh, which yeah, I've never that been to. So I don't know, know the name a free of it, one. It's like over by Mother. Like Hubbard's Blue or... Frog or something like that. Yeah, it's called something like that. Yeah.
0: Oh man, we gotta see you
2: there. Yeah, now I think a good idea would be like to bring you know Frazier's Mr. Sinatra, so bring him out to karaoke place, have him do a couple of Sinatra tunes out there. Cause I've seen video of him at a red old red's charity thing doing a Sinatra song. He's not too bad. Really, he's pretty good. Yeah. Well, if you can't sing a Sinatra song, then... that's well, that's the one I go to every time. I mean, I have no <laughs> voice at all. I'm not gonna sing on this because it'll scare people, but. I mean, I my way is pretty easy, it, which is funny because you can bluff your way through my way, sung by probably one of the greatest voices in the history of entertainment in Sinatra, you know. Yeah, he's
0: good. <laughs> he's not bad. <laughs> Are there, like, some, like, hard and fast rules as a beat writer that things that you don't ask, things that you...
2: In terms of, like, other players? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't think you do a lot of personal digging unless it becomes... Like a news story, you like, know? What,
0: What's one of the tougher stories you had to cover? Wow.
2: Um,
0: hmm.
2: I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I can. I don't want to go into people's personal lives too deeply, but there's there was a pitcher who I, I won't even use it. There's a pitcher who was going through a divorce, and we knew about it, and we didn't write about it at the beginning because it didn't really have anything to do with the team. You sure. Know? I mean, and he struggled a little bit that year, and at the end of the year, he talked about it a little bit, so we wrote about it then. But it's it's one of those things where, you know, we're not. Nothing, You're not
0: going to scoop something personal. On yeah, we're someone. not,
2: you know, nothing against TMZ who has their niche and does a good job, but we're not looking to do that. So, for the most part, I think, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's.
0: Did you ever make a mistake about something that was off the record that you may have written about?
2: I had that happen with an agent once. He thought he was, I thought I made it pretty clear that it was on the record. And he thought it was off, and I wrote it, and he wasn't real happy afterwards. But he had a
0: recorder in his face. No, I was—it on... was over. It was over, <laughs> it it was was over the phone. It was done over oh, yeah. the phone,
2: and I could have sworn—I still, to this day, believe that I told him it was on the record, but. So it, 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 it wasn't anything, like, you know, he didn't, like, reveal to me, like, oh, yeah, my guy is signing here. It was just yeah. kind of, like, information about his client, and that was it. So.
0: Well, it's got to happen. I mean, and you're, you know, you're always looking for – because, you know, if you go to WhiteSox.com and you go on the feed, you have the stuff about the game, the recap, right. and then you also have these little stories right. that you're always putting out there. Sure. You know, there's something recently about Jake uh, Patrischka and his – where he stood on the mound – like, do you have stories in the can that you kind of <clears> will put out there? Because, you know, there's just like a world without deadlines now. Like, you, it happens. you got to put it out there.
2: Right. Well, the one I had in the can for a little bit from spring training was the – I thought it was a real interesting story about Tyler Saladino last year when he got called up. <coughs> Excuse me. He got called up and uh, he put it on Facebook that he was get coming up to the majors. And one of his friends from high school who he hadn't seen since high school said, hey, I'm here. I'm working for Fujifilm if you ever want to meet up. And it turns out Tyler said at that point he didn't know how long he was going to be up, whether he was going to be up for a week or it turned out for the rest of the year. So he ended up taking the spare room his friend had. Oh, my gosh. And he great. didn't get a car. He bought a bike. Not a motorcycle, a bike. Oh, yeah. I don't think it was a Schwinn, but it was a bike. And he, like, rode around the city. He rode back and forth from the stadium. And his best – I said, you know – That what, was his
0: commute to the stadium. Yeah. To...
2: By a bike. And I said, what was the best thing you ran to? And he said, well, he at one point last year he was riding he saw all these people – Heard all this music, and he's like, "I got to see what that is." He rode in right into the middle of Lollapalooza, <laughs> so that that that's a that's a pretty good story. I mean, he's 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 a good kid to talk to. You know, when you asked before about you know some of your the the ones you remember, I mean, I, all these guys have been for the most part. I can't think of too many, maybe a handful here and there that were tougher to cover, but all of them. Were, you know, AJ Brzezinski was a great guy to cover. What about Juan Uribe? New, ba- new baseball, I mean, hysterical.
0: You know, give me hysterical. a Juan Uribe story. There's an obsession with Juan Uribe among Sox fans. Yeah, I among think any baseball um, fan,
2: you know. We were always surprised when he knew players' names. It seemed like they always joked about that he didn't know everyone's. He knew people by face, but not so much by name. <laughs> but just, I mean, he always uh, he just always had a good sense of humor. Play- players just players just love the guy. You know, I mean, I remember uh, I asked him about – they'd given him like a – they put like a foot tap in his swing at one point for a timing mechanism, but I think it was just yeah. more something to just take his mind off that he wasn't hitting very well at the time. And I asked him about it, and he said, well, yeah, the hitting coach said, you know – do this and i'm hitting better and i say thank you hitting coach and that, that's how he kind of was <laughs> you know he, he but he was he was just
0: thank you hitting he coach. he
2: treated he treated everyone the same he was just a good guy i mean there was talk and i think it was was
0: he like well beat writer no no, no he, I, I, I don't know if he to this
2: day i, I maybe he I, I didn't get i was gonna go talk to him when cleveland was in town but I never got a chance to so i'll try to when either they're here next but i don't know if he'd I'm almost positive he would know my name, but I think he would recognize yeah. me from covering him for five or two. Do you talk years. to
0: other players, or usually is it ex-Sox players that you have a relationship with? Yeah, I, I mean, you I, had a you know, Santiago like remember, you talked to the other day. Yeah,
2: because it, 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 fit, it fit what was going on because he's tight with Nate. Him and Addison Reed and Nate Jones are very good friends. They came up together, worked through the system together. So it kind of fit, especially – I talked to him before Nate even got the save. So it worked even better when and How do you get his, access
0: uh, to a player on the other team? How does that you work? Just, you just go in there, you, you sign in
2: and go in there. And Hector happened to be on the field, and I just went over and talked to him and said hi to him, congratulated him on getting married and just talked to him a little bit about his, you know, great performance the night before and then just said, "Hey, you know what? I just thought of a question. <laughs> Can I ask you something real quick?" I didn't even go over there intending to interview him. Okay. And it just crossed my mind that like, "Oh yeah, he's good friends with Nate, Nate's back, Nate's got the new deal." Nate's in great form, you know, just a little bit about that. And then
0: you go home, and you're like, I'm going to hammer out this thing and put yeah. it up on the website.
2: Yeah, and then that one I didn't use. I, I used that one the next day. I th- no, I used that one that day, actually. Like, do you,
0: you have to churn out so many? Usually they want, like, two
2: pregame. Two unless, pregame. Unless then- it's, you know, like, when you head back-to-back day games Wednesday and Thursday, it's a little less stuff going on and the second day and, and pregame and that you kind of jot thing.
0: jot notes, and then when do you write it out?
2: Just, you know, you transcribe it after Robin's session is done or if Rick talks after Rick is done. And then from there you go upstairs and start transcribing and writing. So you might and then, like
0: write one during the game and then.
2: Write usually write them both before the game, and then write one after along with the game story.
0: Do you write on the plane a lot?
2: No, I don't. Not too, sometimes I do. Not not too often though. What I do on the plane a lot is sleep. That's when I usually uh, that's when I usually catch up on the uh, catch up on the Z's at that point.
0: Yeah. Now what, let's talk about this year's team. Uh, you talk about Juan Uribe being a guy that everyone kind of rallied around. Do You see, uh, uh, like one or two guys that are kind of like the central. The like hub of the wheel of, of this team.
2: Yeah, I don't think we get the full flavor on it because he does interviews in in Spanish, even you know, which is totally great. His pride, but the, people love Melky Melky Cabrera. You know, last year in the club, last year same thing. Even for a team that wasn't very good, it was a yeah. very disappointing season. So he's a key guy. Uh, Abreu obviously is one of the more genuine guys you're gonna meet. You know, I know he's slumping right now, but he'll be fine. And same with Todd Frazier. Yeah, you know, I, I said this probably 30 times from the time they got him until right now when we're talking. That I think he might be the biggest move of the offseason, period, if sure. things plan out,
0: play out as they as they should. Well, he's starting to hit, and, yeah. and I don't think that's a concern. But his defense is amazing. Phenomenal.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say amazing, but very good. I mean, yeah. you know, there's been some, and not for lack of effort on these guys' parts, but there's been some third basemen who have struggled over there. Yeah. And since Joe Creedy, and then before that, probably Robin Ventura. And I'm talking like consistent. Year to year, game to game, not just like a guy who you know. Yucelis had a good run. Brent Morrell had some good run, and they had a good run in there. Uribe, Uribe played third, you know, well for a little while there. But I think in terms of consistent play, Frazier's easily the best their baseman they've had since Joe Creedy.
0: And Todd Frazier is the other guest on this episode. How about that? Just How a that little tease. T- tough company to go after against. we wrap it up here with Scott. You're going to get he some, t- some I don't Todd know if you're Frazier. You're going to have him sing it all. You're going to have him do any Sinatra <laughs> no, 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 no okay. singing. I don't, I don't want to put him on the spot for that. Uh, if you need a quote. Other than those guys, who are some of the guys you enjoy talking to, when you um, when you like, oh, I got to come up with a story I want to talk about. You know, covering a guy like Ozzy, and then now having Robin, and Robin is a very funny guy, very right. dry wit, different and, different and humor, quick. Both
2: yeah. both hysterical guys. I, I'm tra- we're trying to think of like comedians to compare into. Robin's more like Dennis Miller, you know, yeah. like just kind yeah. of you got to think about it a little bit, but man, it's funny. And I I, I can't I think because Ozzy is so unique and so uniquely hysterical that it's, I don't know, can you think of, you're in the business, can you think of a comedian
0: who would be. Who's like Ozzy? Yeah, I mean, I, I
2: don't know who would, Richard Pryor, the late Richard Pryor maybe was a little like Ozzy. Maybe mean, the language, but yeah, I don't but know I mean, about that. Yeah, and creativity, creativity too. Possibly.
0: I mean, yeah, it's almost like comedians are trying to be like Ozzy rather than Ozzy. Yeah, exactly. Ozzy's exactly. probably more the genuine article. And I, I
2: think not just, uh, I know we're focused on this year's team, but I think that was one of the things that people didn't realize about Ozzy is he was such a good quote and so funny all the time. But he's a great baseball mind. I mean oh, yeah. very sharp baseball mind. As as good as anyone around. But because he was so funny and always interacting with the fans and always joking around with the media, people forget that he was he still is a very good baseline. But yeah, this year's team I think back to this I think it's you know, it should be a competitive team. They should be I, I said this at the beginning of last year and you kinda saw pretty early on wasn't gonna be the case. They weren't gonna be in contention. They were helped by a you know, kind of a middle of the road second wild card, so they stayed in it for longer than probably the team. Warranted. I mean, you know, they, they had that winning streak before the trade deadline, but this year's team is, is solid. And I think this year's team, if they're not in contention, it would be a, a, a huge disappointment. I'm not saying they're going to go run away with it and knock out the two-time defending AL champs and the defending World Series champs in KC, but for some form of a playoff spot, whether it's wild card one, wild card two, AL Central... This, the White Sox should be in this, you know, all the way down. And one thing yeah, you know I about think the Sox. So. I mean, is it's a
0: tough division. It's a very it tough is. division. It it's is. a long season, obviously. I mean.
2: Even um, Minnesota, who started 0 9, is, I think, 5 and 2 since then. So yeah. there's, there's, you know, really five competitive teams in that division.
0: Do you, when you're up in the press box and you're sitting near the beat writers and the other teams, do you guys talk trash to each other a little bit? No, nah, not really talk trash.
2: We, we talk trash about other stuff. Like, I'll tell you, you know, if. Uh, there's well, it was hard to talk trash about Michigan football for a while until Harbaugh came back. But you know, if there's like someone else from another when that went, I know went to another school, you'll talk yeah. trash about that. Or if but it's, you are attached to these teams. You have to be, yeah, right? You yeah, mean, you, you are. But be... I mean, you know, you you're to stay objective too though. I mean, you know, you're covering the team and you don't you know, you don't root for the team. You cover That's a I, hard and fast I, rule. I, I, yeah, I always joke that in this day and age you root for whatever team is winning in the ninth inning. So you have to rewrite everything. You know, like <laughs> like, like like yesterday. You know, or I'm sorry, when we, from when we're taping this. Right. Austin, yeah. yeah so coming Austin, off the Austin Jackson. Yeah. And, yeah. He, you know, and that was fine. I was ready. You start, you start, as soon as, like, the first, the second guy gets on, you're like, okay. You write a form of it and have it saved. And then, like, okay, trash it. It didn't happen. But, you know, we're, we're ready to go on that when you're ready to go. If it's, Really? If so it's, you have it right there. The word, there was one, I remember one year, I think it was a year, that, I think it was the year they struggled when they, like, three different times in late innings and twice in extra innings, they, they fell behind Washington in an interleague game. And then came back and tied him, and then they eventually won. I think AJ hit a game tying homer next innings. Martine hit a game tying homer next oh, innings, gosh, and they Martin, eventually won yeah. like in fourteen or fifteen innings. So that was a rewrite. I remember the T home times. run. Yeah, because
0: that that stood there, out. There weren't a, <laughs> there weren't a ton. <laughs> well, I appreciate you joining us, Scott, and uh, yeah, I hope that you're going to join us again. Cause Would you, love to. You're such a great baseball mind. And I want to,
2: you know, comment you on your work, too. I, I think it's you do a great job out there, and uh, oh. not just in the podcast, but, I mean, you get to Letterman. There's pretty much that, – that's <laughs> about as high as you can go, I think. Thanks,
0: man. Thanks so much. And, uh, sure. No, I appreciate that. But this guy is uh, obviously on com. All his great uh, articles about the team, about what's going on. He also has a blog, Merck's Works. you got to check that out. He's on the White Sox podcast. You can hear him there. Facebook Um, page in there, too. Facebook. But Twitter, too, is is huge. At Scott Merkin. Follow him. If you're a Sox fan, you should be doing that. All right, Scott, thanks so much. Okay. Thanks, Ben. All right, that's it. How fun was that? I hope you enjoyed it. I love talking to Scott Merkin, and he's got so many stories. We'll probably visit with him later this season. And the talk with Todd Frazier was great. I, um, you know, it's a game day, so we didn't have a ton of time with, time with him. But I think we're going to be able to sit down with him and get him to kn- get to know him a little bit more. And um, you know, with the Sox coming back next week, we will hopefully get some more active players and. Uh, you know, I know that those are the people that you guys probably want to hear from the most, but there's so many great personalities here with the White Sox and people coming in through the stadium, throwing out first pitches, singing the anthem. So that is our goal, to bring those people to you. All right. Again, iTunes, be there. Tell your friends, tell your family, we're catching fire now. No stopping us now. The cycle. Then <laughs> <laughs> of self-promotion He did it.